They say a picture is worth a thousand words. Then how are we tied down to just one? I'm not a label, and neither are you. Welcome to a space of creative freedom, where you and I get to be exactly who we are. Join me as we uncover the layers and discover ourselves on a deeper level. Thank you so much for showing up. I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to Not A Label, the podcast. I'm your host, Avi Adwani, and I'm so blessed and grateful to have Anushka with me here today. I am extremely inspired by her story. I've met her a couple of times in Dubai, and ever since we first met at a cafe, I was immediately drawn away and blown away by her, her journey, where she wants to go, and the intricacy of the detail that she puts into her art. Before I can even share any further, I'd love for her to introduce herself and share her art, share her vision, and tell us about herself. Thank you, Abhi. What an introduction. I hope I live up to that. Hi, guys. I'm Anushka. I own Studio Paperheads and paperheads.co. We're a small illustration graphic design agency. We work collaboratively online and across cities now due to the pandemic and thanks to the pandemic. So here we are to share my story. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So artist is just one of the facets that I believe that you are. What are the other labels or what are the other words that you would use to describe yourself? Well, all right. I... I think I would like to describe myself as someone who likes to experiment, someone who likes to meet different sorts of people all the time, someone who likes to travel, um, someone who likes to create and live consciously, who likes to work out, who likes to explore, who likes to drive, read fiction. Yeah, I think the list can go on. But those are a few that's beautiful and where did this start where did it start for you like this this drive to to want to create paperheads or not just paperheads you know where did your journey as an artist start like your spark well i would say that that's a great question (laughs) to to kind of go back in time a little bit i would say it began in boarding school I was crazy enough at the time to fight with my parents and say, look, guys, this schooling system isn't working for me and I we need to make a change. And it's not just that I'm shit at chemistry and physics and I don't want to partake in any of these classes, you know, that go beyond me. But I, I want to be in an environment where I feel accepted and I think that I, I should go to boarding school. And for the longest time, they didn't agree. And finally, when they did, we went away to Bangalore. And um, and I was able to kind of use my hands more and explore more. And I took an arts class and I enjoyed it very much. And at the time, I was still quite cocooned in a way where I hadn't been explored. I mean, I hadn't been immersed in any artistic experiences at the time so I wasn't sure I could make a career in this but I was sure I couldn't make a career in anything else so I think that's when it really began for me you know and I was really lucky at that age to be around creative people who had creative careers and if I hadn't seen that I don't know where I where I would have been today at all and even 
when I was graduating high school and I'd applied to art schools and I had received my acceptance letters, my parents didn't know what this life would have would be like. And both of them were working professionals and uh, in some sense, not open to this world. So I sat with my counselor and I said, look, you have to help me convince my mom. Lie to her if you have to, but please get her on board because I can't, I can't see myself do anything else. And so my counselor and I sat with my mom and my mom is actually a recruiter. So she looks at a lot of CVs every day and she looks at a lot of uh, marketing and business CVs, you know, all the time, lawyer CVs and that kind of thing. So I mean, to convince her, everyone else was, you know, didn't have too much say um, or didn't mind much. But my mom and I, we were really (laughs) on different, you know, sides of of life at the time. And and finally, she kind of jumped on board. And I feel like that was a big changing or, you know, inspiring moment for me to have her support and, and to get started with my career like that. How did you get someone that is, you know, going through the checklist of skills and tasks that you need in order to get a specific marketing job? And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. how did that happen? Like you convincing her to create a new job because that's sort of what you've done. You've created a new profile for yourself. <laughs> so it's funny because I, I would say even till date, she's my biggest supporter, but she's also my, my biggest challenger, <laughs> you know? So a few years ago when I graduated, from art school and I came back with an arts degree and I, I didn't really know where to begin or where, you know, where to go with that degree, how to explain it to people. She was trying to set me up with job interviews and she told me that, oh, they're, they're kind of looking for a designer. Why don't, why don't you go and apply? So I'd go and they were actually looking for an architect or a banker, <laughs> you know, and I, I was still kind of not fitting in these labels or in these roles that I felt like I'm supposed to be fitting in. So I went to a job interview and I showed them my whole portfolio and they said, okay, all of this is great, but do you know how to design architectural buildings? Because that's what we're looking for. And I was like, I was never told that's what you were looking for. And, you know, So I, I feel like I've always tried to fit a mold that I'm, I haven't fit well until I kind of created it for myself. And only when I created it for myself and she saw me kind of soar on my own did she say, okay, that, that makes sense. And wow, that is a way to go, you know, and, and that could be a career. And I haven't seen it before, but I guess you see it and that's what you should do. But fortunately and unfortunately, only success brings that, you know. Results bring um, reality, I exactly. guess. That's, that's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. When asked what you do for a living, what do you normally reply back what is your general response to you know elevator pitch yourself and uh communicate who you are as an artist when people ask what i do i'm like do you have an hour because otherwise let's not get into it (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) two questions when they ask what do you do and what did you study both those questions i'm like just let's not go down that path unless you have an hour and unless you really want to get into it i don't i don't want to get into otherwise <laughs> i'm okay. okay what's a better question for you to ask like what would you like to be asked instead i think one very good question that you have asked in a few questions that you sent over by the way i'm so glad you were a little bit late because it gave me time to not just think about the answers but to like write them down and 
when I was in the process of doing that, I realized, wow, I'm, I'm so glad I took the time to do this. It was like a little exercise that yeah. I would have never done for myself. Okay. Um, yeah, m- many, many good questions. But I think one specifically, and I don't want to go backwards, but let's do it. Why not, right? What do your dreams look like? And a few weeks ago, I kind of drew out this visual. I'm just going to pull it up. Okay, I don't know if you can see it very well, but I I drew out this visual and this is my house. This is where I live. And this is a staircase because I don't like to travel very far. And this is my studio where me and other people possibly work. And that's a cafe. And that's a little shop where we sell interesting things. And I have all these money signs over it because I hope for every section of this to be profitable in some way, shape or form. You know, otherwise it's not so fun. But if it's all profitable, then it's also the fun. Yeah. So very specifically, those are my dreams. Uh-huh. You know, and I think it's nice to tell people that, tell people where I'm headed or where I'd like to be headed. Yeah. It's not just about yeah. the books and the, the education you've had, but it's about the journey that you're seeing for yourself forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's so exciting. I love that illustration. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know if I could say it in words that would do it justice. That would do my ideas justice. So I was like, why not just throw it together mm. on a page? Do do you yeah. feel that way a lot? Like do you feel like words don't do justice the same way illustrations do for you? I really do. I feel that about everything all the time. <laughs> all the time if I could explain things to people visually I would do that every day of my life wow for sure so it's your yeah. it's your language yeah yeah, yeah. Way. yeah yeah for sure that's it fucking is. cool yeah it's fucking cool um, thank you I want to know the the journey of paperheads because I've seen how it sort of started when I was back in Dubai a couple of years ago, and then you've taken right, it right, to right. so many different locations. You've taken it to festivals in Jaipur, you've taken it to Bombay, you've taken it to so many places, and I want to know where it started and where it's going. Wow. All right. Okay. That's a big question. <laughs> Let me take a deep breath here. Well, Paperheads has always been, it's always been a tool that I use to live consciously and with excitement. And I want to use that to add value in people's lives. And I'm not going to lie, when I began, I didn't really have a very clear direction. So I thought I had a couple of directions. So I I wanted to kind of explore as much, try as much as I could before I just settled with one way of doing things and found the right way for me. So to kind of go back to your question, I would say Paperheads began when I was working for a studio in London, uh, a really tiny studio in London, and they do visual artworks and graphic design work for really exciting clients like Disney and Adidas. And the creative director I was working with, he would uh, very often look through my work and say, this is exciting. And why don't you do creative experimental projects and present them to people you think could benefit with them, you know, or could use them. And I think that's the best advice I've ever gotten because it's the best way to pitch your work to someone and it it makes you feel confident. And it's the only way to pitch to the right client, to do the work. 
and since then i've i've been doing and trying to do different sorts of work the first one was building products that i thought people could enjoy and products that were unique you know and finding ways to make these things that we used every day a little bit unique so you might want to use them for longer or if you bought it you'd feel like this is a special hoodie i i want to own this forever you know so trying to be sustainable in that way uh make things that last long like the hoodie we made it has a scribble in the back and it follows through to a little pencil into you know your pocket so only the person who's wearing it really you know digs into to follow it through and to see it and that's what's special about it you know so trying to add humor and and trying to add some kind of excitement to i don't know boring objects um give them life in some sense so that was the first thing that i did but we didn't have a physical store so we started selling online and i found in certain ways this wasn't always sustainable not all the products are sustainable and when i saw the sort of practices that we need to use to scale up i took a few steps back you know and i said okay i i i'd like to slow down and rethink the way that i'm making things and doing things maybe produce at smaller scales even if i'm producing a lot less so that's the direction that we're going with um with the products and now we also work more collaboratively with graphic design projects for bigger projects with clients you know so we we look at their requirements i look at work that's already been done and then i pitch to them and then i just i try to do my best and gather a good team and do it as well as i possibly can <laughs> and luckily all the little festivals that i've been to i've met really interesting people i met a sound designer i met an animator and those are the people on my team now so we've all kind of come in a full circle in some sense beautiful how when you took the leap everything else sort of unfolded in its way i'm not saying that you didn't put the immense amount of hard work to get yourself there but it seems like people and places and things have fallen into place absolutely absolutely that's empowering that's empowering to hear for anyone that wants to be courageous enough to take the leap into doing something that they want to do you know everything else sort yeah. of unfolds when you unfold and you believe and take the first yeah first yeah I think we we've got to kind of try to to dream big and to manifest it and to dream right in some sense to have more specific goals and dreams as we go and then reach them have a have a due date you know by this date I want to have achieved this and then try to get there and if you don't it's okay but at least you tried you know we were actually talking about this earlier about working on our goals being realistic but also realistically putting in some time for that creative freedom for a oh, day yeah. or two to just be crazy go out have a cafe you know go walk in nature or do whatever you feel like sparks you and then coming back to your studio then coming back to your zone of creation and working from that space how's that for you absolutely 100% avi so we were talking about how um, it's kind of important to take into account those days where you would go for one coffee and then the second in the middle of the day because the first one wasn't perfect and then go to the store in the evening to buy all the ingredients for that second perfect coffee that you had and spend all night experimenting with and making coffee and procrastinating i think that's important too you know to, to know that about yourself and account for that time and take that into consideration and a little bit off topic this uh, this one designer who works with me she's actually very interesting she's a fine artist 
although she studied graphic design, but she enjoys fine art. And so she works with studio paperheads four days a week instead of the usual five uh, because she likes to spend the rest of the week going off and working on her fine art projects that really fuel her creatively. And then she comes back on Monday excited to bring that energy and to bring that excitement to her practice. And I love that. And I feel like it's always about finding that balance for yourself. And it doesn't have to be preset. It can be what you want it to be. And how do you do that for yourself? So where else do you draw inspiration from? What else do you endeavor on that's not just illustrating, right? That's your right. that's your passion and your zone of genius and your spark. But what else is there? There's a bunch of other stuff uh, I could go on for a bit. Well, I feel like I began to draw inspiration since I was young from children's books, and I never really drifted away from that. So children's picture books, I find, are really, really exciting. And most of the time, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't read the stories. I just like kind of look through the books and get lost in the visuals. And I love the detail, you know, and, and sometimes they use different print practices and techniques for the production of these books. And so whenever I travel, I try to go to children's bookstores, you know, in different cities and see what the illustration style is like there. And I feel like people spend infinite amounts of time on on making these books. And I I love that. I I love their dedication to it. I I love the pop of color, although I don't use color quite often in my work. But to see it being used so beautifully, it just, I'm always drawn to it. There's some Indian artists that I love. There are French artists, there are British artists who are really funny. I, I like comedy. I find stand-up comedy exciting, you know, making fun of everything around us, ourselves, <laughs> different sorts of people, you know, because it's I, I like the the attention to detail, I feel, with, with all of these, you know, different outputs. And also when I travel, this is a little bit, can sound a little bit creepy, but I like going off to parks and walking and sitting in cafes and just watching people, watching them interact with, the city interact with each other, interact with themselves, you know, just spend time on their phone and just see how people live life, you know, because now we're all behind closed doors. So I feel like that that's something I really miss. That's amazing, honestly. For someone that's been there with you, sat at a cafe, watching, being present, seeing you sort of narrate through your sketches and through your illustrations. Yeah. Well, that's the one of the people sort of holding on to the metro's handle and just sat there, you know, and how you recreated that. Or the one that you sh- gift me, I remember it was beautiful, this illustration that you gave me of people climbing up the ladder. There's always comic meaning behind all of it. And uh, I love that, wow. that there is a message. Do you create with that? Do you create from that space, from a message? Firstly, thank you. Thank you for seeing that and, and showing that and sharing that with the world. Uh, well, I feel like all, all my art, most of my art is based around people and their interactions with their spaces and with other people and with their things. And I always hope to communicate some sort of message. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm glad to hear that that comes through and that you see that and, you know, that people see that. That's awesome. I, yeah. Two characters that come to mind are Booby and Gooby. I want to know more about <laughs> I'd love for you to share more about them. Awesome. All right. Sure. Um, but just remember, you asked for it. Okay. Um, 
So with Booby and Gooby, I felt kind of connected to this character after some time of myself and all these silly things that I say and that my partner Jeet says and does. And he's he, out of the two of us, he's the one that's more committed to a schedule, to being, you know, well organized. And I'm a little bit more frazzled. So I found that in our duo, we have so much contrast with each other. We do things in such different ways. And of course, we're such different people. Uh, and I wanted to find a way to document that, you know, and to share that. Maybe other people are like that too. Maybe you have a best friend who, you know, you and your best friend are complete opposites, but you have some sort of chemistry or, you know, some sort of bond that's exciting that comes out of this, your, you know, differences. So that, that's where Booby and Gooby were born. And they were born also with the experiences of making things for paperheads, you know, and and making paperheads together. And, and I kind of didn't want to say I did this and I did that and he did this and he did that. So so to kind of have a cute character there instead, you know, someone who's kind of wonky looking, maybe maybe that could be a more engaging way. That's awesome. I love that. And I love that both of you complement each other so well, you know, and the fact that you're, it's not just, you're not just trying to portray it about you both, but about anyone else in the world that can relate as well to the story. Yeah. Art should be relatable. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. I think that that's that's the point of it all. You know, otherwise, but why, why would we interact with it at all? That's awesome. What other forms of art do you interact with you know not just visual arts is there any other form that you feel close to uh, oh well okay all right um i feel i feel really close to the art of printmaking so last year when we were kind of uh when we realized that we're gonna be you know uh, where we are for a couple of months i was at my fiance's house in gujarat out in the countryside, surrounded by nature, very few people. Uh, and so I felt that outside of my work, I wanted to kind of occupy my time with with making something, with doing something with my hands, you know. And so I got in touch with a vendor close by who sold printmaking materials. And I just got a few, you know, the starter pack kind of um, equipment, just about four or five things. And I watched a bunch of YouTube tutorials and I taught myself how to do Lino cutting. And then at first I was terrible. I cut myself a bunch of times by accident. So some of my prints had some blood on it. <laughs> so it's literally blood, sweat and tears. But now it's it's just come to, you know, a point with that where I do it for myself. It's super fun. Um, I started to build a collection after some point where I... I was so excited to meet people after the lockdown eased and it felt like such a big deal, you know. I, Avi, I haven't seen you in what, two two years now, three years almost, yeah. I think two and a half years. So even even when I would see you, I'd be super excited, you know, and, and I, I might want to take a photo as we do these days. And then what I do is I usually go back and try to convert that photo into a print, um, into a Lino cut print. So I, I manually kind of cut out um, carve out a drawing 
so it would kind of become like a stamp and then I'd roll it with ink and then I would press it on paper and I don't know if it's any good but you'd get a copy <laughs> so that that's exciting it's it's like one more added layer of excitement to meet someone that you haven't met for a long time that's super exciting I'd love to have one with me <laughs> um but how are you getting caught? yeah I can't wait to make one <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for the best. <laughs> Talking about paper, you know how we're moving into a world of digital everything, and you're sort of yeah. all about going back to that texture, the feel, the the rawness of it. What is yeah? Is there a reason you're you're committing to that? You know, feel of the paper. Absolutely, one hundred and ten percent, Avi. So, um, also another back to this, you know, storybook. Uh, of my life a while ago i was in this beautiful city in india called oroville and i was lucky enough to do a workshop for about i think a week or over a week where we beat down fibers um so we beat down like old old used banana peel and cotton fiber um and, and we physically made paper you know we rolled it and we put it in water and, and we made paper and it was so beautiful to be a part of that process and, and i know it's it when it's made in bulk it's not sustainable and it's not good for the environment but there are ways to make it um, consciously and, and and i love that you know i love that the tangible nature of a piece of paper i don't think that can be you know replicated or i don't think it can be exchanged with anything else with any digital medium so i i still love reading physical books as much as i can you know because of turning that page every time marking it down when you've stopped in the middle of the book having a cute bookmark that you press into the middle nothing you know changes that and nothing can take its place and to be able to gift someone a book I I wouldn't want to send you like a digital copy of the you know a magazine that I'd once seen. I mean, we do that these days, but it's not the same. It really isn't. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. agree more with that, you know. There's something beautiful about the tangibility of a book or a piece of paper or even receiving a postcard by someone, you know? Like Absolutely. You know, who does that nowadays? But when you do receive that, when you do receive a letter, it's a letter with your, <laughs> you know it's a letter with your name it it feels yours yeah yeah it feels unreal it, that that emotion is so special and unmatched in any other way you you described it perfectly i love what i'm feeling right now and i want to ask you what is your vision for the world what is your vision for yourself and for the brand that you're creating like i'd love for you to share that Well, I I feel like that question is scary and exciting all at once. Um at the moment, I want to focus on creating consciously and working and choosing clients very carefully. So I'm working with like-minded people with a shared level of excitement or, you know, a committed attitude towards something so when i feel that passion and fire within someone i i want to give it my all you know and and then it's not necessarily about the finances or the timeline i'm i'm looking to go above and beyond to meet them you know where, where wherever they need to be met and to reach those deliverables in unique ways and to create 
an identity that people can interact with and play with and remember in in some way, shape or form that's different from the others, you know, that are out there. So that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to bring together a strong creative team um, and find ways to work that, you know, make makes everyone feel comfortable and happy, but also still works for the business and makes sense, you know, to have them on board. Um, and till now, we've been lucky enough to have some amazing, very open-minded clients. They've just been amazing, you know, in terms of everything, in terms of being experimental, in terms of being, you know, easy on us with deadlines and, yeah, and I hope for more, for more of that. And I think, um, I think something that that you kind of spoke about a little bit earlier in this email that you sent me was uh, freedom. And I link that a lot now with uh, vision for the future. So I would say freedom is to fuel my fire. I would need, and I need to build financial freedom. And I feel that this applies to a lot of people, right? When, when you can fuel your dreams financially, then you can have more dreams and then you can run faster and run further and fuel more people's dreams, you know, who are who are looking to go in similar directions. So that's what I want to do. That kind of makes sense creatively, financially, for me, for people I'm working with, build things that are good for the environment, that are sustainable that people enjoy. Yeah, that, that's the dream. That's beautiful. And the fact that you're not financially or emotionally or in any way sort of just driven about your own growth, but also the growth of others and the people that have helped you and helped the idea, the vision come to life yeah. is absolutely beautiful. You know, the fact that you can see for the people, which is also, you know, Paperheads, in a way, you know, seeing yeah. seeing the people around you and drawing inspiration from that and creating for them and and from them, in a way. Thank you for that. Thank you for seeing that. Thank you for saying that. It means a lot. I just want to ask you. You know, you shared the dreams that you have for the brand and the dreams that you have for the work that you're doing right now. But what are your own personal dreams? Like, what do your dreams look like you know in terms of on on a personal level if I can if I can go there oh yeah sure let's go there I'm ready if you are I would like Avi to to travel the world and I'd like to have a family and be around people that I love and build long-term relationships with quality people and I don't mean to sound selfish, but I would really like to surround myself with the best I possibly can and grow in ways that can impact not just myself, but more people. And I'd like to read books every day. I'd like to cycle. I'd like to cook. You know, I'm trying to perfect my pancakes at the moment. So I'd like to get to a perfect pancake recipe. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to make a great cup of coffee every day and maybe live by the beach. That's the dream, dude, to live by the beach in perfect weather all year round. That's the ultimate dream. It yeah. really is. I love that you're headed there, you know, one little detail at a time. You're you're just headed to your goals and there's no stopping you. I really do feel that there's no Wow, stopping. thank you. 
Thank you, Abhi. Thank you for seeing that. No, determination right. and just going there for it is something that I've learned from you, not by just the conversations we've had, but also by seeing you put in the work. Yeah. There's one thing to speak what you should be doing, and there's one thing to actually do the work. Um, and it, it's yeah. inspiring. It's inspiring to see you do that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we sort of wrap up, you know, any message to motivate and inspire anyone that wants to go fuel and live their purpose and their dream? I don't know if I'm a very inspirational person just yet. I think it's important to just keep trying every day. And if you have a goal that's good for you, try to achieve it. And don't just sit in bed and try, you know, put yourself out there as much as you can. I know we can't all run on the streets right now. There's a pandemic um, that we're currently facing. So I, I, what I've been telling myself the past few days, and, and of course, you know, our, our visions and our missions change and evolve every day. But for now, I would say manage your expectations, <laughs> work towards your goals, hope for the best and manage your expectations. <laughs> and you will get there. You will get somewhere if not there. <laughs> I'd love to ask, what did you mean by managing your expectations? Sure. <laughs> so when I first started Paperheads, I was hoping for all the works, right? I was hoping to have people buy hundreds of things from me and love what I do. And I was hoping for, um, you know, lots of graphic design clients. And, and, and it's not that those targets haven't been met but sometimes it takes longer to achieve than you initially imagine or expected to so i've been learning to try and be patient with myself and just continue to put in the work even when i feel like i'm failing because some days you know you feel like you're failing and the next day you wake up and you let you in some shape way or form realize hey wait i'm not failing i'm actually three steps ahead you know, yesterday I just fell one step behind, but that's okay. I'm still moving ahead. So that's what I mean by managing your expectations. It's always easier said than done, um, but but it's living through it when it's tough and, you know, staying positive and staying strong through it. And sometimes crying too, that, that helps, you know, sprinkle a little tears over everything and it works out. <laughs> I totally agree. And I love how real that is. I just want to thank you so much for being here today and just sharing your truth, being so open about your creative journey and inspiring so many of us. Thank you, Avi, for bringing all of this out in me and in everyone else that you interview. It's really special and you're very easy to talk to and super positive. So you too, please keep doing this. Love you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Avi. Thank you for tuning in to Not A Label. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please make sure to share it with your loved ones, your friends, your family, and anyone out there that might need to hear this. Thank you for being a part of this community. Make sure to share this on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and in any other platform that can help us make a greater impact together. Take care. Have a blessed day ahead.